Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 3-1 away loss at the hands of Manchester City at the Etihad Stadium. Of course, I'm joined by Mr. Sebastian Bacon and the returning Danny Raza. Danny, I can't remember the last time you were on, but it's definitely been a while. So let's start with Mr. Raza himself. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, not bad. Um, Obviously, just come back from an ACL injury. Um, No, I'm joking. Uh, I know Villa, Villa, Villa have about 10 players on the shelf for that. Any one given moment, but uh, I'm good, man. Um, it's been a while because, uh, you know, we've we've just we, I, th- I don't even think I've I've been on since Emery became manager. If I'm being completely honest, that with you. might be a shout. To be honest, I I I could believe that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to talking about talking about his uh, his style of play. Uh, I guess not that we got to see too much of it today, but um, I'm I'm feeling overall positive about Villa. I'm not going to approach this podcast from a negative standpoint, but uh, in general, I'm doing good. It's good to see you guys again. Seb, uh, Seb seems to have grown up a little bit, grown taller by the day, more hair on his face. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. We see the development of physical growth of Mr. Sebastian Bacon. Seb, how's it going? Oh, that was lovely, Danny. Thanks for that. Um, I, Well, Simon got... Referred to as Ashley Young of the podcast. Danny, with your returning ACL, I guess you could be Diego Carlos. We've not got a bad squad lined up here. Um, in, t- in terms of the game, yeah. I mean, it, it, I try to avoid the cliches when on the podcast, but it, it really felt to me like a tale of two halves. Um, I went into the game not expecting much, especially when the squad came out. Um, I was trying to be as positive as possible whilst also recognising that you know, when getting any results at the Etihad, regardless of the form that City are on, will always be a difficult task. But the way in which it almost felt as though we rolled over for City in the first half was disappointing. So to see that almost vanish in the second half was was a little bit better. But at that point, I think City knew they had the game won. So it was just about waiting for the full-time whistle to come then. Absolutely. So this has nothing to do with the game, but if... If Danny is Diego Carlos and um, Simon is Ashley Young, who are you? Who's the youngest player in the squad? I don't know. I guess you could say maybe you're Jacob Ramsey or something like that. Still Very... swinkles. <laughs> Still swinkles. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to take that. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. Oh, fair I, enough. I'd much rather Jacob Ramsey. Oh, there we go. What, who would, what would Tom be and who would I be? That, that, that's even Ask more me at the end of the question. podcast and I'll get back to you. Okay, sounds good. I think you, and, you and Tom kind of... Kind of give me a conzer and Ming situation. <laughs> which which Thank one's you. which? That's the important one, Danny. <laughs> you're Mings because you're captain, right? Okay, fair yeah, enough. I like He's that. our captain. You miss me when I'm gone. That, that's very is Tyron, nice. Is he still captain? Is Tyron Mings still no, captain? No, he's not. Where have you been? How long have you been ten. gone for? <laughs> Dude, we have about three captains now. So the, in, in this podcast, if you can tell by the start of this, Danny's going to be talking about the 2015-2016 season because that's how far <laughs> behind he is on this. But regardless, let's let's get into the game, of course. Um, I won't say it's a tale of two halves, although Villa really didn't show up for a large um, portion of the first and parts of the second as well. Of course, Rodri scoring for City in the fourth minute, assisted by uh, Riyad Mahrez. Um, Yukai Gundogan scoring in the 39th minute from Erling Holland, And of course, um, that man Mahrez scoring again. If you've had him in your fantasy league um, as of late, I guess you'd be pretty happy scoring a penalty from um, what can only be described as a dive from um, 
do we just call him his name or do we call him Voldemort at this point? I don't know. Danny hasn't been around for probably that long. He has probably forgot Grealish hasn't played for us um, at this point in time based on what he just said. But uh, regardless of that, the lone goal for Villa coming from uh, Super Ollie Watkins in the 61st minute from a Douglas Louise assist. And Seb, I'll, I'll throw this way. You did touch on um, on your thoughts on the game very briefly, but I mean, even kind of heading into this one, we saw the team sheet, and then, of course, we saw the error with uh, Jean Duran not being included, even though he was. I mean, missing Mings is a big thing, but and again, and I, I mean, this might actually help Danny as a talking point, too, because I don't know how many times me and Danny in the past talked about how big of a miss Tyrone Mings can be at times, even though at times we've also said that he's been frustrating, but it was a massive miss today, and it, it was clear for all to see, wasn't it? I feel as though every time he's not in the team, it sort of highlights how we take him for granted when he is there. I mean, it's difficult for me because I Mings is one of my favourite players in the team. So to not have him there is obviously a massive blow as it has proved to Villa time and time again. However, that doesn't make an excuse for conceding at the near post of a corner in the fourth minute. That's not down to not having Tyrone Mings there. You've got to have leaders in that defensive box to point out if there's a player running free and to not let them have a free header on goal, especially inside five minutes at the Champions of England. So it's a. I feel as though Villa need to get better at stepping up on the big occasion without their main centre-back and taking responsibility. Um, we saw it at the Vitality Stadium on the opening day of the season as well, conceding within two, three minutes without Mings on the pitch. So it's certainly something that needs to be addressed, whether that be in the transfer market or whether that just be Emery getting together the players that we did have and going, look, you need to wake up more here. Absolutely. And Danny, I'll fire the same thing over to you. Of course, like I can think of, like I said, uh, so many conversations in the past few seasons between us where we've grown frustrated at um, a player like Tyrone Mings and kind of question what impact he has and then kind of almost gone back on it and thinking how crucial he can be. But really, what did you make of it, especially at the back today in particular? Um, look, uh, I'm I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to sit here and pretend I lost Tyrone Mings the reason. Villa conceded three because um, he played he played against Leicester and we conceded four. So, um, you know, there's it's a situation for me where for some reason Villa are looking a bit soft at the back. I don't know why. Um, uh, it seems as though we see, we fall into this pattern pretty much every season where like we'll concede a few goals one game and then we can't seem to plug it. Um Part of it, to me now, I'm starting to wonder, you know, we can talk about what can Emery do? What can we sort out here? Dean wasn't very good today. Ashley Young as well. Just, I mean, both our fullbacks really weren't, weren't tracking tracking their men. Um, but like, for me, this is the same group of players really that, I mean, some of them, you know, didn't, didn't pull together and didn't, um, didn't fix things under Smith. Um, it's the same same defense that rolled over quite a lot under Gerard as well, and so to me, I just wonder whether there is just a collective mentality in that team whereby they can't do what say you know the Newcastle defense can do or what the Burnley defense of old could do, you know where they are just in it, you know absolutely trying to stop um, anything from going in, taking pride in. In, um, in clean sheets, I want to see a little bit more of that. You know, I mean, I mean, well, I'm looking now at the fullback situation, and you know that that we we've decided to go for maybe a little bit more forward strength rather than uh, defensive ability there. But we're not maybe necessarily getting that much out of it. I've enjoyed watching Ashley Young a lot this season, but um, against City, he's he's getting ripped. Um, Moreno's a very, very similar kind of player. Cash hasn't impressed too much. But then at the centre-backs, you know, Chambers coming in, since pre-season, he's looked awful. You know, was it pre-season? No, no, since Emery's pre-season, actually. Since when Emery came in and played all his friendlies, he hadn't, he's not, he's not had a good game, I don't think. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's too much time outside of the, outside of the first team, but 
there's, there's, there's a leaky goal problem right now. And I, I don't know what it is because Leicester was very much a situation where you've got a team pressing Villa um, whilst they're trying to play it out the back. They weren't able to win that. City was very different where they had to dig deep and, and, and prevent, prevent a side from, from scoring. Uh, you know, almost the complete opposite of Leicester. They weren't able to handle that either. And so I wonder if, you know, Emery, who traditionally has a solid side, who traditionally relies on his defence being solid, I wonder if he's um, finding out a little bit more about our defence. I think that obviously Diego Carlos coming back will help, but there's certainly a lot to address there. All of a sudden, we're looking a little bit weak there. Absolutely. And it's important to, like, I, I think you'll, you'll get some people, especially online, that are absolutely distraught about losing to Man City, which is kind of ridiculous. They're, we have to remember they're a world-class side regardless. Um, a 3-1 loss, considering how Villa played, especially in the first half, is probably almost lucky when you just look at that scoreline and some of the stats as well, which I'll, I'll get to in a few moments. But, Seb, to throw it back to you, and I, I think it's important to to mention as well, we've talked about... Ming's missing and how the defensive structure was and how they performed obviously um Danny mentioned against City and of course against Leicester as well but it's important to mention as well that our midfield has massively struggled the last two games as well it, it, you have to throw that in there don't you yeah I mean I completely agree I also agree with what Danny said about Chambers um and I would probably put it down to not being in and around the first team getting minutes. You saw that he struggled against Stevenage and it was the case again today. And even Jan Bednarek this weekend for Southampton, putting one into the back of his own net, not, I think being a centre-back is probably the hardest position to try and fill in when you haven't been playing regular minutes anywhere else on the pitch. And yeah, in, in terms of our midfield, it was a weird one today. I think we were all expecting John McGinn to come back in to offer us a bit more stability in the middle of the park. Um, you know, Douglas Louise and Bubakar Kamara have been have been getting their plaudits this season and and fairly so. But having the two of them in a pivot today, I felt as though we were always going to struggle, especially with Jacob Ramsey, who likes to carry the ball forward and was almost sitting in front or just behind, sorry, of the of the two strikers in Bailey and Watkins at times, almost creating a a triangle between the three of them. So. Yeah, there were talks about maybe having double fullbacks and, you know, whether Emery would come up with a plan to almost stabilise after conceding four to Leicester. But it just felt as though we never really woke up. I felt any players that we would have had playing today, I don't think would have changed if we'd have approached the game in the manner that we did in terms of how lethargic we were. City City have the ability to to roll anyone over on their day and it it could have quite easily been a lot more especially with our first half display so you know looking at the performance as a whole I think it offers Emery certainly a lot to work on and certainly a lot to improve upon and he'll have learned a lot more about his squad over the last week or so than than he'd have thought or expected you say that sir but here's what I don't understand we that was a bad performance against Leicester. You know, defensively that was it was pretty it was pretty bad. Dean was pretty bad in that game as well. Um, why did everyone get rewarded with another game against City after conceding four? I don't get. It. No, I think you're right. Is there an element of trust there? I was expecting Moreno to come back in, although. I, I've always been of the impression that Moreno is certainly a more attacking fullback and we could have left ourselves open with with Dinya being more stabilised. But, you know, hindsight's an amazing thing in football. Looking back, I would have gone with Moreno now. However, I, I could understand the reasoning. And again, you would probably say that Ashley Young would be better at dealing with an attacking Jack Grealish than a Matty Cash, who, who also likes to bomb forward. So... I, I completely agree and I've always been one to to um give players a chance when players that are starting aren't aren't rewarding that. However, we had been in good form until the Leicester game. So unless Emery just saw it as an anomaly or 
unless he has a crop of players where he does just trust. We saw it with Gerard and obviously Smith as well. Every manager has has players that they trust, especially when they're new into a job and they're not too clued up. But yeah, I mean, these are definitely questions that need to be asking going forward. Just worrying, you know, kind of that for me, it felt like, you know, if you're watching Brighton, if you're watching Fulham, if you're watching these sides who are doing a little bit better, they're running. They're like they're they're running their socks off because they know they have to work harder against City. Yet, you know, second half. I know this is a little bit later. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into it too much. When Villa did eventually score, it was off, it was it was off the back of pressing. It was off the back of like you know what you know really wanted to get the get to be the first one of the ball against City in the first half today. It felt so much like you know City for that entire four, 45 minutes. The reason why they were able to get so many goals and they and and you know it was an xG of 2.86. There's no luck here. There's no luck here. Villa let them Villa let them put in a lot of you know opportunities which let that rack up. Um, it just felt like you know City every single time wanted to be the first, wanted to be the first of the ball, and and I, and I wonder if if sometimes some of these lot who, as I say, a lot of them had their time under Gerard, had their time under Smith, just find just feel like it's acceptable to to be working at a certain level, but you know I want to know what the club's going to do to bring them up to that next level, really, to be able to compete with those sides. Because uh, phew, that was bad, that was bad, and there's there there is like a there is like an effort problem there, you know. It was the same against Leicester last week. You know, you you, you take an extra little touch because you're not paying as much attention and you get pressed and 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 the ball gets lost. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if I don't know if it's a case of of Emery actually like not being quite used to English football just yet and working to a point where like. You know, he's 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 he almost maybe feels as though you know players have a little bit of extra time because that's what he's used to in Spain. I wonder if 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 there is a bit of that that he's having to learn here. Do you think? Would you think that would have would have honed in in his time at Arsenal? I mean, I mean, it was a I'm playing devil's advocate here. No, 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 it's fine. I mean, it was a while ago, and I think I think he probably had access to better players at Arsenal as well. To be fair, he didn't. Yeah, again, didn't didn't end up doing too well there, did he? I mean, in the end. Um, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is a culture thing at the club at this point because this is just like it is a thing that happens every season. You know, we can't really keep up that run of consistency, and it's always because at some point or another in the season, the defense just start making silly mistakes. Just like stop stop doing the basics, right? I I agree with the with the culture thing. I think the the reason that Brighton are so good at what they do is because they have a clear philosophy of how they want to play football so they were easily able to transition from Potter to Deserby because it was such a similar style of football they've bought players not because of the manager there but to fit in the way they want to play so you know it was almost an effortless transition the lack of effort I'd I don't know. It just seems really difficult to me. I, I refuse to believe that any player would go out and go, it's, I'm not going to no, try today. It's, it's not an effort thing. It's a level of performance thing. Right? So, like, how do I put it? There's 100%, right? And then there's, like, 95%. So, like, if everyone goes out there and performs at 95%, or, believe, you know, plays to what they believe is their, is their top level, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of a factor in your head, which is stopping you from going a little bit further. Because how do players have like best have their best performances? How do players have their top performances? It's when they're playing out of their skin. It's when they, you know, when they when they have drive and they're motivated. I think an issue that Villa had today was that City had an extra level of motivation. You know how confidence works. You know when players are like they they you know when it looks like they've taken a taken an energy drink, like a you know, taking a, you know, one of them drinks that like Logan Paul said it or whatever. But like, you know, you know how it, how it looks like when, they, when they've just got like extra spring in their step. City, City were under siege mentality. You know, they've, they've, they've had this issue this week. You know, this um, investigation, Pep's probably said to them, you know, look at what they're all saying about you, blah, blah, blah. You know, like show them that you don't care, whatever. Yeah. You know, so City probably had that extra level of motivation and that's why they're running hard, running hard. Right. Villa seemed to, have like an initial spring up and then there's like you know then you see them play in a play in a game the next week 
And like maybe Tyrone Mings holds on to the ball a little bit too long. Bubakar Kamara does that thing against Leicester where they're not releasing it quick enough. Um, Luca Dean today, for example, um, when Villa had the ball on the touchline, he just looked looked behind himself and tapped the ball um, to get intercepted by a City player. You know, when you've got like an extreme level of focus that players who are performing at the highest level do, that's where the success comes from. And if you're playing, if you if you drop ever so slightly in the Premier League, you're gonna get punished because there is a level of performance that everyone else is playing at. And I and I wonder if Villa haven't quite caught up to it. I actually think you've hit the nail on the head with the siege mentality. And you know, there was obviously more noise surrounding this game. Um, you know, we're never able to see what managers really truly say to their players. But I was watching the Arsenal documentary a few years ago and Arteta did the exact same thing with a tweet that Ivan Tony put out. Ivan Tony obviously Brentford beat Arsenal earlier in the season and Tony put out a tweet almost mocking Arsenal. And Arteta used that in his pre-match talk and it, it seemed to fire them up. So yeah, I'm I, I completely agree with what you're saying. The thing too, and I, I mean, either you guys feel free to answer this. And I mean, I've mentioned this before and it's important to met, like know, and it's weird to even think this is still a thing. Like we still technically have players from Steve Bruce era, Dean Smith era, now the Steven Gerrard era, and of course, Unai Emery era. Now that's all in well, and people can say that's not really an excuse, but the one thing I would put out there and to kind of touch upon the giving 100% versus 95 or 70 or whatever. Is there almost a question with certain players? And I'm not going to throw anyone in particular as an example, like under the bus, but is there just the chance as well that some of these players, if they even gave 95 to 99, 100%, it's just not good enough to where Villa want to be, where of course where the fan base wants it to be. And more importantly, in my eyes, is where uh, where Unai Emery wants us to be and where he needs us to be right now. I mean, yeah, there is there is a there is a point where you turn around and go, you know, this player's not good enough. We need to replace them. Whatever we've seen it happen, like the Howrahans and and whatnot. We've seen it happen, like Matty Target as well. But then there's also there's also the perspective that like actually Fulham were able to come up from the Championship with the squad they have and, you know, perform at the high level that they, that they are right now. You know, Arsenal, with the team that they have, are able to stick around at the top, you know, above, above City as it is right now. You know, teams do overachieve. Similarly, West Ham are able to finish fifth or sixth and then the next season drop off to the point where they're in a relegation battle. Like, there is... There, 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 there are things like, you know, the club needs to be... The club needs to know what they're doing, essentially, with the squad that they've got. You know, you can't you can't have hanger-ons. You can't just have this player because they're useful to have around, this, that, the other. Like, Emery needs to be right in there. Like, uh, with the director of football, whoever that may be, you know, it needs to be it needs to be in the, you know, building a team that they that they know is 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 actually going to serve a purpose, um, and is actually going to hold itself to a particular standard. So, I mean, are we, are we saying there's players that aren't quite good enough? I don't know. Um, is the answer? Um, Do you think there are? I mean, we've gotten rid of a lot of players. You can't rip the entire squad out and then. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Face everybody. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we were three points. We were five points off fifth. Sorry, and then suddenly we've we've lost two on on the row, and we're we're sitting here going, well, you know, are our players good enough? Are we as a club, you know, pulling these players along? It, I don't know. It just it seems weird to me, and it's I find it incredible how quickly opinions can change in football. Yeah, I mean, the, the way that I look at it at the moment is that Villa do have a squad. That's fine, but like. They don't have a big enough squad, really. I, I think I think there are like improvements that, that need to be made. I think there are players that are there right now because they've been at the club for a while. I don't see what Villa's... For, well, I guess... Ooh, this is an interesting one. I guess Cash now. You know, I don't see how he fits necessarily into Villa's system. Dean, 
same way. I'm not so sure. I'm not sure how he fits into Villa's system. I'm not saying that these players are bad as they are. Um, it's a funny one, but like Jacob Ramsey, right? Like he's he's a he's a fantastic young player that we need to like we need to nurture and obviously keep around and, and everything. I'm I'm not sure where he fits at Villa at the moment. Um, really? I mean, where wh- where where is he fitting this season? He's been he's, he's he's gone completely off the boil. He's gone completely off the boil, and that's you know I guess partly because of Gerard, partly because he's he's having to play out wide, I guess under. Under Emery, my point is that we have these players, but why do we have these players, right? Why is Bailey our striker? You know, is he does he really have a future in that position? I no. just, I just, I just think that you know, if 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 Emery was to look at that squad and build a blueprint off it in an ideal world, there's probably a lot that he would change. We'll see. Like, that's, and just to hop all. in here, sorry, Danny. The one thing I did no, want to say is, and Tom mentioned this ages ago and I I think it's important in moments like this is essentially this is phase one we've essentially on what Villa fans get the impression of around the football club is the club has given Unai Emery the keys and it looks like we have the manager that we want to be able to be able to trust to do that process and this is equally phase one and the one thing and like this is another thing too and again it probably doesn't correlate to what i said but it is kind of important to preference the whole kind of well some players aren't good enough and some are well i think as especially sports fans and especially football fans i think we all thought okay we'll get promoted in an ideal world this world this is probably how it works for example we'll get promoted of course we'll stabilize get a few more additions in kind of get us maybe lower half lower third whatever be comfortable and that's good for a few seasons. Then you get upper mid table, you get a few more better players, and then you're challenging again, like the old days where it's trying to go for Champions League, Europa League, whatever, and, and we'll get the next kind of layer of players in. The thing is, though, when does that actually happen for any football club? Like, it just, it doesn't. You, of course, you mentioned, Danny, look at Fulham. They, they, they've come in with loads of momentum for last season. They, they're riding that. They clearly have a, a good core of players. They're clearly a, a tight-knit squad. And they're riding that momentum and the relationships within the football club together to have success. And I'm not saying these players that we have at our disposal right now aren't close or there's issues or frailties within their relationships. But, I mean we can always kind of say that the behind closed door season almost kind of felt like a fluke in the way that it was going almost too perfectly given how Villa have been for over a decade, but it seems like we had a real unity going there. And of of course, with all the changeover, we're just almost desperate to get that back, but at least that's how I feel. Yeah. It seems like every season, you know, we've had, but even that one, right. Even that one, we might've done better if um, Grealish's head wasn't turned. True. You know, there was this, 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 things like that. We had, we had injuries in the, in, in at the wrong time. You know, in those, in those seasons, and that happens. It's fine. It's how you deal with it, though. It's, 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 it's still being able to bring in another player and, and not feeling like the team's gone incredibly soft. And that's, that's the worry I have with Villa is that every time a player goes out, um, gets out injured, like Mings is a player, or whatever. Suddenly, you just start, you just start thinking the team's soft. I think, I think where the frustration comes is, is that. Villa have invested money and then, you know, fancy a side like Newcastle who go and make a few good investments and are already up there, you know. Um, and, and since then, you know, Villa have seen, I've seen one manager come in and fail. We've seen Emery come in now and, you know, I think we've had the January where people, I think fans probably expected a bit much. I don't know. I don't know what the club was 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 you know planning to do in January. It seems to me like this season is a write off, just from everything I can hear. But like my my in terms of um you know from from Emery's interviews and that kind of thing. But I I the only reason I get frustrated is that there there very much was a chance of Europe, but like every time the key, the team goes out and there's a whimpering performance like this, you wonder if it's a case of we're all trying to get to the end of the season to see what happens. And yeah, um, it does very much feel like phase one, but how many phase ones have you had now? Exactly. And that's my point. And Seb, I'll, I'll throw this to you. And it's important to kind of maybe put this out there as well. Like 
we've we've mentioned kind of the amount of phase ones we've had it feels like every season it's a phase one it's the expectation that we're going to go far and finally challenge and kind of achieve that expectation but I mean when you sit back and look at it realistically we're not going down like it would have to be the calamities of all calamities for this side to go down under Unai Emery we're probably going to finish somewhere around mid-table roughly I mean, given that and Emery sorting out what he has, who's going to stay and who's going to go and keep in mind who we've shifted short term and long term just in January is pretty impressive, at least I think so. But I mean, if we use the rest of the season to finish mid table, let's say, for example, and we can kind of figure out what we're doing with some of these players, is that almost a success in itself in a kind of a weird way, given where we are right now and in another transition? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a deep one. Um, Yes and no. I'm going to say no because it feels as though I've been sat here for three seasons on the bounce now around about February time going, write this season off, this will be a transition season and the next season we'll do what we want in the summer and we'll be able to come back stronger. And every single season after it, for some reason or other, hasn't worked. I, I, I trust Emery more than I've trusted a Villa manager probably in my lifetime supporting Villa to get the best out of the players and to be able to propel Villa further than we were when he came in which is something other than Dean Smith I don't really think I've seen a manager complete um, with this club so this this is always going to take time it was always, always going to take time and it was never going to be a quick fix. And I feel as though maybe expectations were hampered with due to the success at which he started with. Unless this is really difficult for me because I don't think anyone expected him to do quite as well as he did when he came in. Um, and obviously people are then going to see what he's achieved in that short time. And then want more and more and more. Because as a football fan, if you see your club doing well, ultimately you're never satisfied. Name me one football fan in the world that is 100% satisfied with with what their club is doing right now. Every every fan wants that little bit more. So it's quite easy to sit here. You know, we're just beating Southampton. We'd won something like three on the bounce. We're five points off a of fifth going, yeah, we can kick on now. We can We can aim for Europe. We can aim to beat these clubs. But realistically, you take a step back and you say, okay, well, how are you going to progress? You know, the manner in which you do so, you're going to have to outperform Liverpool and Chelsea and Fulham and maybe Newcastle and whoever else is above us, name escapes me, Brentford, for the majority of the season. Do you think that's realistic? Most fans would have sat here and gone, no, we can't expect to outperform all of them for the rest of the season. So we're, we're going to fall away and we're going to have results like today and like Leicester in which don't go our way and we're able to tell more about where we are than we would from a win. I, it's really difficult because I always come here after a loss and I say I don't want to overreact. With the situation we're in, I don't feel as though it's worth making it into this massive thing where we're overreacting and we're dissecting every little single minute wrongdoing 
at the club or what we feel is going wrong or what has been going wrong, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So although, although we learn a lot more after a loss, I think it's, it's best to take a step back and go, look, we're playing the champions of England. Yes. The performance wasn't desirable to what we'd have liked to see. And we have conceded two on the bounce now and our defense is leaky, but, at the same time, I've said I have full trust in Unai Emery. We've got a difficult game at Villa Park on Saturday against the current league leaders. So we're going to have to all rally together to be able to get a result and to be able to keep moving forward. Whereas if we if we look back at what's happened and what hasn't been going our way as fans, then it's only going to create more tension that's probably necessary. There's, um, it's, it's clear to me, though, that the, I think fans' morale has been quite low for a while. I think it's it's coming to a point where, like, I think the fans just want to see something for their patients. You know, the Villa have talked a big game, whether you're looking at, like, the board, whether you're looking at, you know, the investment and that kind of thing. But since selling Grealish, Buendia came in, Bailey came in, Coutinho came in, Ings came in. Yeah, I'm pretty much only looking at Ollie Watkins still as Villa's only source of goals. <laughs> and to me, it makes me question: like, has the team really improved? You know, from from Trezeguet and El Ghazi. I'm just I'm just asking the question. You know, whether the team has really improved. And so, if 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 it's the case that we're going to sit here and say no. Like, okay, I mean, Duran's, Duran's going to come through and everything. But, you know, apart from, suppose you look at Kamara, Carlos got injured, whatever it is. Have the club significantly made enough forward steps in the last few years? You know, the, the, there's, there's, there's an atmosphere at Villa Park, isn't there, where, where fans aren't quite cheering at the moment. Now, what do they have to cheer for? I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I mean, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful that Villa are in the Premier League. I'm happy. I'll, I'll sit here and watch, watch Villa week in, week out. But you've got to argue. You've got to ask the question. Have Villa made any significant improvement in the last three years? No, Danny, I, I think that's a, a really important question. Um, but the one thing, and to kind of get away from that for just a moment, because I think it is important to get back to the game here before we kind of go off on another rant. And I know this really really got Danny going at least it did in the group chat for at least one comment and I'm sure it did Seb as well because what his comments were pre-recording but Seb was the uh was it a penalty or was it not (laughs) take your analysis and go (laughs) I mean no it wasn't a penalty let's let's clear that up now it was not a penalty but probably to be expected um I mean I don't. I don't want to focus on on him too much because I think that would be quite easy, and I don't want it to become sour or bitter. From a player like Jack, you know what you're going to get. You know that if you're anywhere near him in the box, then there's a possibility of him initiating contact himself and going down. It's quite clever. However, it wasn't a penalty. And the referee, it should have gone to VAR. The referee should have had a longer look at it. And they should have realised that there was no contact because it's it's wrongdoing. But with the history of refereeing mistakes this weekend, um, it's certainly not the worst decision i mean i'd I'd love for simon to be here danny said it before before we stepped on recording i'd love to see simon's reaction um because i think if he were here we'd see steam coming out as it is and he'd be pulling his hair out but um it, it, it's frustrating but probably to be expected would be my very mild opinion on it Danny, what are your thoughts on it? I'd be very eager to hear after that comment you put in the WhatsApp group chat. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything anything negative about about an individual. Um, look, I mean, he's um, 
he, 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 he played all right. <laughs> he played fine. He's not he's not why Villa lost. Like Villa Villa gave away a free goal because of you know because of Chambers for some reason. I don't know miscommunicating with Emi Martinez. Haaland running down and grabbing him, grabbing the ball. Um, they also gave away another goal because of you know just terrible defending in the box. We've got no height, no strength really when it comes to set pieces, and we're just terrible at defending them. Um, and Rodri is is a, is a top quality player. Um, who knows what the goal is? Uh, Emi Martinez also flapped the ball out a little bit as well. I don't think he could have done a little bit better, which is. Interesting, considering his comments earlier in the week. Whatever, let's not get into it. Um, as far as the Grealish one goes, the penalty, it wasn't a penalty, but hey, Villa gave the impression that every time City wanted to have a have a go at them today, that they could. So, you know what? Fine. Yeah, if I'm a City player, I'm going to run into the box and initiate contact and, and go down as well. The, the defence should have, should have been doing a better job, really. Um, yeah, I mean to 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 allow him to even get through like that, you know, he he probably would have beaten uh, beaten the defender anyway. So, Cole, just, can we can we cool. get onto the Martinez comments because you mentioned it? Um, I'd I'd like to hear your opinion about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, we might as well. I mean, this podcast we're all over the place, and to be honest, that we'd probably be here for about five minutes if we were just to discuss a a, a city loss. We'd probably discuss the Grealish penalty, and you could probably be out the door with the rest of it, but. I mean, they are interesting comments, but I also feel like a lot of people read more into the context of those comments than what's actually there. Let's be honest, Villa are a, we'll probably say, a roughly a mid-table Premier League side with currently a goalkeeper that's won a World Cup, won a Copa America all within the last couple of years. Um, realistically, his career is probably not going to get any better than what it is right now now at least internationally of course he's peaked internationally so what's kind of the next step in that of course you leave arsenal they don't want you to be their number one you come to us you prove yourself i mean logically what is the next step that's to go to a a a very top top side and be their starting keeper for years to come and add some more um domestic accolades and play in the champions league and all that kind of stuff and i mean I, I, I get the sense, and I, I truly do believe when it comes to Emmy Martinez, that his heart is in it with us, and he will give his all while he's in a Villa shirt. Now, the other question is, kind of from a business point of view, is, well, if anyone wants him, they're going to have to pay up. And by paying up, it's going to be a lot. So will someone do that? It's a different thing. Um, I'm not really worried about it. I think a lot of people just, for one, people stir it up on especially Twitter and social media because they want to get interaction and engagement, which just, in my opinion, it's the wrong way to go about it. Um, and second, um, I mean, we're in February and we're already losing our mind over a player that still has loads of football left him in this season. Um, would I be more concerned if he was saying this prior to maybe the last game or two of the season or just before the transfer window opens up in the summer? Probably, but to me, it's just, it's just an interview and he answers questions, but that's just me. I just don't like it, Cole, in the in the um we saw Grealish become a shadow of himself like six months before before moving to City. True. Um and you know, there are players that will just you know, the it gets to a point, you know, when you're at a selling club where players will kind of go, Do you know what? I'm getting my move in the summer. Maybe I'll apply myself just a little bit less. It is what it is. Like the thing with Martinez, though, I'm not I'm not having a go at him. Like his context would take his 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 comments were taken wildly out of context. You know, the guy's probably been asked like you know wanting to win a Champions League. Like he should move. He should absolutely he should move because you know he's not gonna get you know at this point his stock's so high he's not gonna get a better move at this point. He's not gonna you know get in you know get what he'd probably demand now um, in the future. And uh, yeah, I mean the guy the guy does deserve to win a Champions League. He's not winning a Premier League with Villa. He's not winning a Champions League with Villa. Like I don't I don't see this is this is the issue with a club that keeps on resetting its its targets and always aims for you know a five year plan or, or whatever it is. Villa, if they want success, 
and they want to hold on to these players, they need to they need to just put in a lot of investment at once. It's probably the way to do things. Um, but would you say we haven't already put in a lot of investment? No, never seems to be never seems to be in the right place. I mean, we, wherever since that since the Greedish sale, I don't think Villa have ever really put it all put it all in the correct pot. I don't think. I mean, we 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 got. I think I think this last summer was actually a pretty good one, in that Kamara came in, Coutinho came in, and um, Diego Carlos. But like the, the the problem with that last summer is that you know. I don't think the squad really improved much in terms of Watkins and Ings weren't weren't really giving us any goals, um, and also just that was the whole Gerrard situation. It's all it was all a bit weird. We didn't play with any wingers or whatever. I'm sure with Emery, I'd I'd like to think that that, that Villa probably put in put in a little bit more, but um, yeah, I don't see why you'd want to stay at Villa. Is my only thing apart from he is captain, you know he is loved here. All of that. If that's if that's enough for him, great. Stick around, isn't it? If you want to win a Champions League move, and I and I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at Martinez for that. It's different with the Greenish situation in that Martinez has never turned around than the whole you know my club, my city thing. Do you think it's also fair to say Seb too? And I'll throw this your way. I mean, I I don't know what his current market value is. Like, who knows? Like, for example, and this is just me throwing at a number, and I'm not selling emmy martinez through this podcast by any means but realistically if someone comes in for like 60 odd million for him or greater are you going to say no to that with for a goalkeeper like let's be realistic no exactly i i (laughs) i've got to be careful what i say here i would probably say no however looking from a christian perslow point of view no, you don't. You don't turn that down due to bit what was previously mentioned as his stock will will never be as high. However, we'll probably bring in um, if it's under you know if, if Perslow has his way, if, uh, three we'll bring in three three different goalkeepers, right? <laughs> one for his shot stopping ability, one for his shit housery. <laughs> yeah, one for his playing with the feet, playing with the ball at his feet. Sorry, sir. But no, no I. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I I agree in the fact that it would depend on who would be able to bring in. I I think that would be monumental because how many years now have we seen keepers come in at Villa and fail and not live up to expectations and ultimately cost us? So I think it would it would depend on who we had lined up, but it's a tricky situation because. You, you saw with Jack Butland when he was at Stoke, Stoke refused him a move um, to, well, to us, actually, um, the year they went down or the year after or whatever it was. And he was never the same since. So it, it's it's a tricky one. And it's one that I, I don't really want to get into now because of, you know, where we are in the season. And I don't want to base this whole discussion off some, a few comments that, as been mentioned, have been taken out of context. So, yeah, I, I don't really think it's too big of a discussion to be had as of now. No, I don't think it is either. I, I think it's one that will gain a little bit of traction near the end of the season, heading into the summer and during the transfer window. Like, let's be realistic. We're all football fans. We want our side to have the best team possible. Um it is what it is. Like we don't have control over it. We have to get behind them and support them. And as frustrating as it can be, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, we've seen our favorite players leave before um, and it'll unfortunately happen again. It happens to every football team. Like everyone's time comes eventually to move on, whether it's to a, a better side or they're not cutting it or it's retirement, whatever. Um, the one thing I do want to bring this back to very quickly uh, before we wrap things up, because I know we've been going for way longer than I thought we would. But again, this is the whole cast. Danny is back. Um, and funnily enough, he asked if anything's changed since he's uh, been here. Nothing has. We still ramble for way longer than we say we would. But I do want to talk about Jean Duran, of course. The man did hit the crossbar in the final moments of the game. He ran his socks off. And for the brief cameo that he did... 
um, come on the pitch for Danny, you'd have to say very, very promising. Dude, we we have no one to be direct to apart from him. And like it's been ages since Villa have had like a big striker. I mean, since, since Benteke. Like Keenan, well, yeah, exactly. Unless you want to count like Keenan Davis, who we just never appreciated. Um, you can't count Keenan Davis. Yes, you can. We absolutely can. He scored um, one goal for us, and it was memorable as hell. So, <laughs> come on. Um, so you think we can count Keenan Davis as being as being a target man for Aston Villa and the Championship? There was, was there was there was time there was a time even in the Premier League where we were bringing Keenan Davis off the bench, and it was changing games for us. Like the, for real, there were there were there were games where where Davis came on and. Villa had no other answers, but having that striker up there to, to be direct to, someone who had a little bit more power, it helped. Um, my timeline's a little bit messed up. I can't point, I can't pinpoint those games to right now. But what I know is that it happened. Um, I think anyway. Before to getting into Keenan Davis, Duran, you know, I, I I like him. I think I think maybe for me though, it's the issue is that with just Bailey and Watkins, it doesn't work. Bailey's not a striker, and I know he's not a striker because the guy doesn't like shooting. Um, and I've just I I I've defended I've t- I've defended Leon Bailey so much, right? Because I know that he's a good player, and I know there's a good player in there. But you know, poor guy has had two managers who don't like wingers. Um, and. It seems to me like every time he gets a shooting opportunity or every time Villa are going forward, he takes too long. Um, or he'll decide to go over and look for a foul that doesn't exist as an excuse for you know, making the wrong choice or whatever. With Duran, it looks like we've got a striker who can, you know, who's, who's, who's both tall, agile and skillful. You know? um, and I think... We probably need some of that. Someone to be a little bit more direct to. Someone who can give a you can you can give a little more of an answer because right now it seems like Villa are trying to play rugged football with um, very soft players, and I, I think as well you know the other thing with him is he has that size profile which is very very short at the moment in this Villa team. You know in terms of. In terms of trying to combat defenders and 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 and, and add that extra bit of that extra extra bit of fight, that extra bit of like size, yeah, I think we we need a player like that. No, it's it's more than fair. The one thing I do want to ask Seb a very quick question, and this is a bit humorous, but if you're not convinced by the impact that Keenan Davis has made over um, his stint with the Villa first team, then would you say he's had a greater impact, or Libor Korzak or Kozak did back in the day? Now you've actually gone back to a point where I was still watching Villa, so I'm I'm good to comment on this one. Now it's never a good sign when the only thing you're remembered for as an Aston Villa player is getting your shorts pulled down by the defender, and I'm solely going to leave my point at that. That was that wasn't Kozak, that was, though, was it? Yeah, that wasn't Kozak. That was hilarious, wasn't it? We never got a game. Yeah, he never. Was got, that not, never got a chance for it? Oh, that wasn't Kozak. But I think Hellenius. There was a little bit more going on. I'm not going to go there. None of us are going to go there. I mean, there's a little bit more going on there. I, I think that's that's made my point even clearer in the fact that I didn't even get the right player. I, I got him mixed up with someone else. Helene, did Kozak score against Cardiff? I'm sure Kozak scored a goal against Cardiff. I feel like he scored against Stoke too, if I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. It was so long ago. I thought you'd remember, Seb, but regardless of that. Either way, I think my point's being made. <laughs> Duran's a, a more skillful striker than, than those guys. Yeah. I think Kozak was a lot more reliant on his size. Duran, to me, looks like he can shoot. Looks like he can dribble a little bit as well. Has Durant, a bit of pace about him too. He's he's had a really, really positive impact the last two games. Really positive impact. And if he can carry that forward, then I'm very excited to see what can come i'm not one for building a young player up too much because i know how quickly it can you know if he has a couple of meh performances then the whole narrative can can quite easily change however from what i've seen the two games in which he's he's come off the bench i am intrigued to see more absolutely and i think one thing too and it's important to kind of note as well the amount of attention 
on the pitch from opposing opposition that he has literally garnered over the last couple of games actually actually has been massively impressive and not to say Ollie Watkins doesn't deserve that as well and doesn't kind of act as a decoy or take away attention and create space because of course he has in the past and what this was his 100th appearance and was there something some stat that he scored in the last six against City or something I thought I read before we came on I could be completely wrong in that but I feel like in recent memory that actually could be accurate but I, I just feel like with Duran, like Danny has kind of mentioned, he has a little bit of everything, and at least that I can remember. And I'm not saying he's going to be the next Christian Benteke for Villa, but he just kind of gives me a little bit of those vibes where he can do a little bit of everything. And you know what? There has to be at times, and I know Unai Emery has said this, I think post Leicester, that there has to be times where we we adapt and we play a little bit differently, and we can't be essentially. Um, too much of the same really is what I'm trying to get at all the time. If you're playing one way, like we did under Gerard, then essentially you're going to get found out about about five minutes and things won't go well. So I think all in all, it's very exciting and who knows, hopefully he gets a little bit more game time. Danny, the one thing I do want to know before we end it, we're not going to do match balls, man, the match, whatever. Um, I didn't ask for three word review. So I'll let these guys off the hook. And I know Seb will be very, I'm glad to hear that because he was prepping a little bit and I know he can get nervous about these things, but when you, when you kind of sit back and look at it and we did discuss Leon Bailey for a very brief moment, I think you brought him up. Who do you think is going to be more frustrating (laughs) Leon Bailey or Bertrand Traore? (laughs) Bertrand isn't going to frustrate me because like, I think we all know Traore will probably get a game or two. if He's not there. He won't. He won't get more games. Bailey at the moment seems to be the preferred guy. For me, the fact that Bailey's already had so many chances, the fact that Bailey's, you know, Bailey cost what he did. Um, yeah, he's going to be the more frustrating one. Traore, I don't know yet. You know, we would just kind of have to see what he see what he can do. Uh, but the but the but the thing is that that yeah, Bailey's meant to be one of our main guys. You know, he should he he was the Champions League level winger that we brought in. I'm yet to see that. You know, there are situations where we do see that from Bailey. But for me, I guess just with the whole team just being so dysfunctional as it is at the moment. And that's only because Emery hasn't had his time to put his stamp on it. Whatever. Um, yeah, he's just he's he's just looking a bit of a bit part player. So I'm I'm easily gonna say Bailey here. Fair enough. Seb, to, for the ult, the ultimate question to end this podcast, do you think Bertrand Traore has lost his powers given that he, is, he has cut those luscious locks? <laughs> Hard-hitting questions, go. <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I was expecting him to be in the squad today, but um, unfortunately, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. I, I'm excited to have him back. Um, he was a player that got me off my seat. Um before very quickly getting me back on my seat to avoid the shot hitting me in my seat. So, um, I, yeah, I, Bertrand Shire is actually a player that I like. Um, he he gets banded as frustrating, which I completely understand, but we've had this conversation a million times now of what winger isn't f- frustrating that costs under £100 million. So, yeah, I'm excited to have him back, and I hope that, from an Aston Villa perspective, he can have a big contribution towards the back end of the season. Absolutely. And who knows, maybe he comes into the side, he lights the world on fire. Chelsea buy him for 120 million because they want to buy everyone for over a hundred million. And then we're happy days and we can, we can reinvest in some amazing talent and we start this whole cycle all over again. I don't know. That's just how it feels these days. But anyways, let's wrap things up there. We've definitely went on for more than long enough. So thank you very much to Seb and Danny for joining me. If you want to find Seb on Twitter, it's at Sebastian Bacon eight. Danny, I still remember your Twitter handle, even though it's been months at Raza Journo. I've probably said it so many times over the years that I'll probably remember it till my dying breath. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com or check out the website, www.7500toholt.sbnation.com. We should be back with a preview where Sev speaks to an Arsenal fan very shortly. I'm sure you're all wondering what kind of question the Arsenal fan will pose to the next 
fan opposing fan that we play after Arsenal, which I completely forget. But regardless of that, keep an eye on all the podcast feeds for that. We'll leave it there. And don't forget about the Villa. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,